Jam Yearbook. I'm Matt. And I'm Jim. We're here to visit a different year of music each week and share our opinions on what we found. Welcome to version 2009. Everybody strap in. This show is going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> Ranting is cathartic, right? Yes. People may think less of you when you do it, but uh, it feels good for five seconds. All right. Well, this is your five <laughs> seconds tonight, Matt. <laughs> All right, before we get on the rants, because these are definitely not anything to rant about, we're starting with the deaths. Mm -hmm. We'll start with uh, Eric Perkheiser. He was better known as Lux Interior, founding member and singer of the Cramps. Yeah. Great band. They blended punk and garage and surf sounds. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things that he would do is, especially on the recordings, he had this little short echo on his voice and just the way he could use it as a percussive element within the songs, um, especially in like a Surfing Bird or something. But he would just make all sorts of shrieks, screams, grunts, shove that microphone right in his face and go oh, yeah. nuts and just do whatever came to mind, whatever he wanted. And he didn't care what uh, other people thought because no. <laughs> he did what he loved yeah. um, and he did it for the band and the mm -hmm. fans. Yeah, he was punk and he was an original through and through. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and then we had Jim Carroll. Yeah. No big eulogy needed, but uh, People Who Died, that's a great song. By his band is still popular throwback today, and his autobiography has a familiar name, The Basketball Diaries. Oh, yeah, the Leonardo um, DiCaprio film as well came from that. Yep. He he was a different kind of influence to the music and art world. Yeah, he was. He was definitely another original. And mm -hmm. hey, it doesn't get more original than to have your name on half of the rock guitars in the world that are getting played right now, and that's Les Paul. He was 94 years mm -hmm. old when he died. He was possibly the most important influence in all of rock and roll, arguably other than songwriting itself. He's the only inductee in both the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Hmm. And in his prime, he was a jazz and blues guitarist, and he invented the solid body electric, the guitar that we see all kinds of guys playing today, Jimmy Page, Slash. Through our lifetime, we've seen that guitar on stage many, many times from some of our favorite artists. So, okay, it's cool to talk about these guys, but we're not going to toast yet. Instead, I'm going to open a beer before we talk about the next death. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go with that here. Oh, you didn't tap enough. That's the nitro going. Oh, I thought yeah. you were having a fizz over. No, so I've actually, I can't drink from the can. I've got to pour it because of the nitro. But the next death we're going to talk about is obviously another original and a unique artist. That's Michael Jackson. Yes. An alleged asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we possibly had some different reactions to Michael Jackson growing up. When I was in sixth grade, Thriller was peaking. I was a latchkey kid, and I lived in a dodgy neighborhood. Every day I came home at 4 o'clock, and the music video countdown show came on. Billie Jean, Beat It, and Thriller were all massive hits during this time. And we had wooden glossy floors in our house that were great for sliding around on in your stocking feet. <laughs> and so I would come home from school and throw on these music videos and try to dance like Michael Jackson around the living room <laughs> while nobody else was there. And uh, that's I learned to moonwalk and do very poor imitations of Michael Jackson. But I, I have to say, it's a tough subject regarding his life. It's not something we're really going to tackle here on our program because that's for a different podcast but he was a hero to me and that's always going to be tough to digest yeah and we were we we're on the same page with thriller man that was huge thriller was the thing when it was out and it brought paul mccartney back to me too 
Yeah, yeah, yep. So we right. that. Yeah. Well, let's get away from deaths. Enough of that death stuff. We've got yeah. a lot to get into. Matt, is this the first modern year, as in our post-2000s, where we're not just going to be ticking off artists in the charts? We've had a look at them, and we're trying to wrap our heads around what people are listening to. Looking back, I do not care about the charts from this year, and even as we're doing the show right now, I, I still don't. Yeah, neither do I, obviously. I mean, we're kind of in this this whole uh, swing. I mean, we're in 2009. We've done 2008, mm -hmm. um, 2005, 1999. So we're going to just be talking about the same people. But And I'll start. I will pre-apologize. Asshole <laughs> Matt is going to come out strong today. It's not aimed at Jim or the audience. I'm not – don't take this as an attack. Um, it's aimed at the music I've had to put up with the last – few weeks yeah you know and i've had enough <laughs> <laughs> um and, and i'm pretty sure in those versions uh 2005 and 1999 i've talked about this musical rut that i was in there's a few new names that are showing like flo rida or owl city yeah nothing that i really liked or was blowing me away yeah we don't need um, to talk about it no yeah exactly but it, it's still those same names we've been talking about the last few weeks Brittany, taylor katie beyonce we started to touch on the Black Eyed Peas in 2005. Yep. Uh, they released The End, and they had three number one hits that kind of sound <laughs> like they were titled by children. <laughs> yes, with Boom Boom Pow, and, you know, it's like, oh, my God, did you mess your pants? Yeah, Boom Boom Pow. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, I Boom Boom Powed. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. <laughs> but this is a six-year stretch of private hell for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, there was some music in there that was all right. That was a little interesting. Hip hop and R&B gave us new Jay-Z, which was good in 2009. And Eminem had his relapse album. That was all right. That was good stuff. And Alicia Keys, all good efforts. Empire State of Mind by Alicia Keys still hits hard. To me, being in a, a different country, when I hear that song, on the radio and at work, sometimes it has like that American anthem effect on me. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh this makes me yeah. miss home. We haven't talked much about Alicia Keys yet, and she is a major talent, but all of these artists, the ones you just previously mentioned, you're right, they're on repeat year after year. And you, you know, from 1999 to 2000 to recent years and even today, are they worthy of this? Is this the results of singles being more important than albums and being released independently? To remain relevant does it seem like there are probably a group of five to ten people who have been writing and producing mm -hmm. every single pop song over the past 20 years You're winding me up <laughs> <laughs> you're ready to unleash <laughs> yeah that, that, that's a lot to unpack there your last question uh, about a small group of people writing and producing it sure it really fucking sounds like it to me mm -hmm. it's like there's been an algorithm figured out as to what will be popular and maybe if you want to go conspiratorial a little <laughs> bit, or maybe it's something, you know, the company said, oh, we can convince people like they like this because this is all you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just going to keep pumping this out from the writing, producing, promoting and relating projects together with all this bullshit of song X and featuring singer Y. It's not quite the duets we were getting in the seventies, no. but we're getting the singer and the rapper doing things together. Yep. And you can relate it to sports a little bit, you know, where you see athletes we grew up watching, you see their sons coming up and playing the same sports as their fathers. 
Yeah, that's true. There are a um, lot of juniors and seconds and thirds on the field. <laughs> and a lot of that can be tied to availability of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's the heart of what I mean when I say we need the next Nirvana. Something revolutionary needs to come along. I'm not saying it has to sound like Nirvana. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be rock and roll. Yeah. There's just something fresh, new has to come out and shake the world. Yeah, exactly. Nirvana were supposedly the next Beatles when they emerged, and they definitely shifted the entire music industry. We experienced that. I remember playing "Smells Like Teen Spirit" in the living room stereo when I came home from college on the weekend. And my mother came in the room straight away. I thought she was going to be angry at me. Because at the <laughs> time, Nirvana was the hardest music that had become popular. Mm. And I thought I was going to get told to turn it down. But she was more interested in finding out what it was. And she commented that it had a good new sound. She liked the beat to it. And, oh, wow. you know, she was a Beatles-loving teenager in the 60s. So this did cement to me at the time that there was something special with Nirvana. Oh, cool. I just worry that for this whole thing with new music, I've gone so far or I've gotten too old that I won't be able to recognize it or embrace it when it comes yeah. along. Well, once we get past 2009, I'll say just look for it again and less side eye to the friends with good taste in music who are recommending yeah. stuff to you. <laughs> and you know, you don't have to be a cynic. We, we all have our own tastes. Some friends will give you a wrong turn. But unfortunately, I don't think you or I are the two guys that are going to listen to, you know, magazine reviews anymore. We just think that's kind of pushy promotion now. Mm -hmm. So I'll save it for future shows, but I think I touched on it a bit in 2021 that I think we've seen something special between 2019 and now taking place. And it could be done. Sometimes this only lasts yeah. for a span of a few years. Mm -hmm. But I think this generation today, the, the 18 to 23-year-olds that are listening to music, have a much better selection, in my opinion, than what was offered since the 1990s and definitely in the, the aughts, the, the 2000s. Yeah, and I think, and I could be biased because they're my kids, but I listen to what my kids do and I'm like, okay, this these aren't people I typically hear talked about over and over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there definitely is a fresher new crop coming through. But you can't deny that that homogenized pop sound is still out there. It's ever present mm. and it's getting a, a bigger push all the time. And you asked if they were worthy. That's tricky because I don't begrudge people their opportunity. Mm -hmm. But since 1998, just kind of do a little, bit, a little bit of comparison. You have the Dropkick Murphys. They put out 11 albums. Mariah Carey since 99 has 13 minus her two Christmas albums. Do Dropkick Murphys get a huge push when they get a record out? No. no. They tore their asses off and built yeah. a, a reputation. Mm -hmm. Metallica, they keep pumping out albums. Do they get an industry push for a new album? Not anymore. I, I don't think so. No. I think they're just a self-sustaining machine. Yep. And they have this fan base that keeps it alive. They still sell out concerts, release platinum albums, because it's fucking Metallica. Yeah, people are going to buy them and go see them. Do Coca-Cola, they really need commercials? Well, people think Coke doesn't exist anymore because they don't see a commercial for it. No, no. <laughs> no, but here we are, 23 years after 1999, we're still talking about the same pop stars. I don't even give things a fair chance now because I'm just tired of that machine. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z said it best. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. <laughs> that sums up my feelings on pop stars. 
why don't you tell us how you really feel then, Matt? But no, <laughs> I didn't I, yell at least. No, no, no. I, but I agree. I agree with everything you're saying so far, even if I do tend to gravitate to pop more than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've noticed that sometimes I call them artists and not musicians. Mm -hmm. And I'll take Alicia Keys out of that pile. We've only touched on her lightly. I don't listen to her. But she's different. Empire State. That's a great song. That'll yeah. always be a great fucking cool song. But she writes her own stuff. And I know Mariah Carey at least co-writes a lot of her music. But why doesn't that get talked about? Yeah, you don't hear about that. And I don't hear about it. Um, It's like it doesn't matter. I don't know the extent of her writing in a song. So maybe that's mm -hmm. why they don't make a big... Maybe she just comes up with a melody. I don't, I don't know if she plays an instrument or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like what matters is the brand and the appearance. <laughs> it all gets back to being a business. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and oh, and uh, Brittany, Rihanna, you want to act too? Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, get yeah. right in there. Well, I mean, look at Lady Gaga and what she's doing now. And mm -hmm. she, you know, she was in 2009. We talked in 2008 that she had the debut, the, the fame, but then it got re released in 2009 as the fame monster for some reason. <laughs> it, it looks strange seeing her name on a movie poster. Even The Rock now says Dwayne Johnson up there. Because these are already character celebrities pretending to be someone other than themselves in the public eye. It's like if David Bowie were in a movie and just kept going by Ziggy Stardust for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like Ziggy's, Ziggy Stardust as David Bowie. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but, you know, but I would rather see those opportunities go to others who may need a break. It's the whole push thing that it comes back to. How can we connect at least a song to another project and bump up its interest. Or maybe the movie studio sees an opportunity of using a pop star's fame for easy yep. promotion. Yeah. I don't know the corporate structure either. They can all be under one big umbrella so they can take advantage of probably what they would call synergy. Yeah. Yeah. Because as you've already said, and Jay-Z says, it's a business, man. Right. And that business is piling the same crap on us over and over again until it stops selling. You talked about movies. Look at the reboots of reboots that's oh, happening. Yeah. And it's never and it's ending. It's not a reboot, it's a sequel. Yeah. Or everything's got to be part of a trilogy. Nothing is original anymore. Nothing, nothing. But the thing is, there's only so much room. It feels like pop music is literally 10 tons of shit being forced into a bag that can only handle five. <laughs> what did we have? Just us growing up, we touched on Michael Jackson. What else did we have in terms of longevity? Maybe Madonna? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's probably more that just aren't coming to my mind, but people finally revolted on you too. For Jesus, they gave us a free album, and now people hated them. <laughs> they it, just right? hit delete. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's just so many of them hanging on. They just keep putting out meaningless shit, from my standpoint. Mm -hmm. Music mm -hmm. is art, and to me, pop now is finger painting. Yeah. It released by this 2009, because that this is where my frame of reference is coming. 2009. Mm -hmm from having to go back the last few weeks. If people like it, that's fine. I'm sorry to put it down and rant about it. <laughs> um, listen to what makes you happy because that's what it's all about. And I can picture the faces of people when I bring something unknown to the show, like 2005, Art Brute, who the fuck is that? Yeah, that's what I thought <laughs> when I heard the name. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's because a long time ago, I got sick of the same shit on repeat, just mm -hmm. as you were just saying. How much party music do we need? How many bands need to sound like Weezer or Blink-182? All of them turns are going to, yeah. <laughs> it turns out as many as they can sell, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm always looking for a new band to listen to, something unknown. 
And when I steer the conversation or have a band like Don Iver, new pornographers in my five, it's a product of that. And I hope it's a received as genuine because it is. It's 100% genuine. I get tired of listening to the same old, same old, even the stuff that I like. It's like, all right, I need to give you a rest. Let's bring in something new. Yep. Maybe there's another song that I like just as much as something I put in my five and it's well known. I'm going to go for the lesser known because that needs an opportunity too. Yeah. Not that we have a huge platform, but they just need an opportunity. And yeah, I understand that part of the game to succeed in the music industry, you have to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. That's literally what you're doing. You're selling yourself. Yep. But I'll stop. I'll tap out. (laughs) (laughs) I have just had to listen, read and talk, write too much about pop. Yeah, yeah. It's been overwhelming. I'm going to move us on just a little bit here. And I'm going to say, do you remember I told you about this 54 hour long playlist on Spotify? Yeah, that I'd made. So I admit I've been digging around pop charts a little too much when we've been doing the show. And I often will just go to Spotify and put in, you know, 2005 and go to the charts. Oh, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. And, you know, I do look at the wiki page, but I think sometimes I'm missing stuff or my brain's Mm -hmm. not clicking and I'm not remembering what that is. Yeah, you got to go to multiple sources. Yeah. So what I've started doing is this 54 hour long playlist is where I am going to go and start looking for my music first. Because I curated this a few years back and I add songs to it from time to time still if I find stuff that I like. But I've been choosing too much off of these pop charts. And I've already got this there ready to pick from because these were the songs. But here's the other part, Matt. And this is where I think I agree with you on what's going on in the 2000s. I can't argue with your rant. I'm not here to correct you. I'm not going to tell you to get down off the soapbox. (laughs) I probably don't have more than 10 songs from 2002 to 2009. It's a seven-year gap. And Mm. I know I'm primarily a rock guy. And if you're listening and you like it, I'm not going to knock it. Because I can understand some of the personal tastes can be different, and it could just be a generational difference as well, but I was never able to embrace the pop, punk, or new metal that came up in the 2000s. But interestingly enough, I have a lot of music from the past decade. That could be influenced by being over here in the UK, but I think here in the UK, it's still more important to have a number one album than a number one song. And that might be in their favor here because I think that improves the quality of music. Oh, I agree. I think if you have a number, well, it can, <laughs> yeah. right? That, boy, that That's a tricky conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because I've, I've paid more attention to the songs that I've been putting in my five and the bands that I've been talking about and the bands that in these, uh, you know, like 2008 to 2015 range, it is a lot of UK bands that I'm I'm listening to because I'm not, I'm probably finding, you know, 75% of it from the UK. It's Scottish but, bands. Look at you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's amazing how they just end up being Scottish sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, a number one album can have nothing that I want to listen to. Yeah. You know, if you're talking number one on the charts. Yep. Right? Yep. Singles get the push that drive an album, I think. Probably you're not going to see, you know, the reverse of that going. Mm-hmm. I've tried to point out a few times in our notes, but I just don't know if I'm getting the right year to have that conversation, or maybe it's just always there, right? Mm-hmm. And is this strictly a pop thing, singles versus albums? I think it is. Maybe, maybe, well, not necessarily pop, but charting songs. Yeah. 
right? That's where your top albums are going to come along until, unless, you know, you're talking about the best of journey, that's always going to be there. How many people buy an album for just one song and only listen to that one song? Uh, probably not, not, not today. No, not, not today. Anymore. Yeah. With streaming. Um, and there you go. Uh, streaming. Do album sales even matter anymore? And maybe because of streaming, it's easier for an already established act to find success. Well, yeah, because they're going to get a front page on the streaming service. E exactly. If it was more singles driven, wouldn't that be a step back to how things were in the 50s? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because why invest the whole album's worth of content if the money's not there? if the, the songs aren't there and when an artist has enough singles, we'll put an album out, which becomes virtually a greatest hits that, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely what's been happening more and more, you know, you know but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll step off the soapbox because, <laughs> because really, and I hope people take this to heart. I know music is a personal thing mm -hmm. and I don't want people to feel attacked. We say at the beginning that we will share our opinions. This, these are some of mine and they're just shaped by how I'm feeling this week and the music that I've had to listen to you're, you're talking about listening to 99, 2005 and 2009 within a three week period. Yeah. I haven't had seven years to digest it. So now it's all condensed and I see it all. I'm like, okay, there's a pattern here. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's difficult for us to swallow is we've done 2016, we've done 2021 and we're seeing these same people yeah, good. back from 1999 until <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, go away and be, go away, come back, then you can be special. Yes. I said that last time. I <laughs> All right, Matt, take the asshole hat off. Yeah, I will. All right, I will. let's but talk about now. what was going on kind of in music. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily albums, it wasn't charts, but in 2009, we were seeing a lot of artists come from TV shows like American Idol and X Factor. Someone like... Susan Boyle. <laughs> oh my God. She was unleashed unto the world. And I mean that in a good way, because this is a really great story with her. It is a great story. She got on that stage and I can see this in my head. It was one of those moments where you could tell all of the judges were just waiting to laugh at her. Oh yeah. That's what they like to do. And, mm -hmm. and when that voice came out of her, they were all amazed. And then all of a sudden you're crying because somebody who's not beautiful can sing. What the fuck is wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. And the other thing that's really cool about Susan Boyle, I'll just bring up in the show quickly, is that she still lives in the same house that she lived in, a, a council estate house here in the UK. She's not changed. I'm sure she fixed it up and it's much nicer inside now. She's probably got <laughs> some nice furniture and things in life that she likes, but she didn't let this change her. So I always thought that was cool. Yeah, it's not it's nothing wrong with having your head screwed on right. No, not at all. And somebody else that I think is interesting that came out of this was Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert was on American Idol and he came in second. I don't even remember the name of the person he lost to, but he became the lead singer of Queen. How is that not winning at everything in life as a that, singer? <laughs> yeah, that is. And I remember whenever I would go online and you just stumble upon like Yahoo or something, you'd see something about Adam Lambert, Adam Lambert, American Life. It's like, no, no, thank you. But then when he started singing for Queen, I'm like, well, let me let me pay attention here because they're not just going to bring any schmuck in. No, they and they <laughs> haven't. And he does a great job and people oh, really he does. love him over here. Yeah, they, they yeah, really. He does a great job with Queen. Yep, yep. In fact, in this year, Daughtry, Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, Alexandra Burke, who is from the X Factor here in the UK, they all had stuff out on the radio. If the album was this year or the year before, it was really saturating 
the airwaves. So let's take a moment. We can discuss this reality TV vocalist competition phenom. Okay, we can do that. But have we just swapped the Disney machine for this? Yeah, probably. <laughs> just when you thought the rant was over, you pull me back in. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, it's all a business, man. Uh, I'll admit to getting caught up in a couple seasons of Idol. Mm -hmm. But then I started really paying attention to some of the mean-spirited comments from the judges. And one sticks out in my mind was Simon looking at this kid and telling him he looked like a bush baby. That's nuts. That's not necessary. No. At all. Not just to happen in the first place, but what is the purpose of airing it on TV? We all know the answer to that. We don't even have to say it. And I understand the appeal. People can feel attached to a favorite singer and find connection with similar thinkers and they can talk about it at work. Yep. But this is really pulling back the curtain on the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. And how we're going to take this person. This is how we're going to do your makeup, your hair. This is how you're going to sing. This is what your songs are going to sound like. And then we're going to push. Yeah. But I think those other shows like X Factor and American Idol should be called the cringe factor. Because that's what they're yeah. trying to do. They bring people on and laugh at them. And it's really borderline bullying to me. That's what it feels like. And I would like to know if any of those joke auditions are staged too. I wouldn't put it past. Them. But regardless, it is bullying. You hit it right on the head. It is bullying. All right. Let's lighten things up a little bit. We're, we're, <laughs> this, is, this is heavy. Listen to yeah, us. I know. Yeah. I, I know. But uh, trust me, I know a few people listening who are going to be pumping their fists in the air going, <laughs> especially with some of the music i've brought onto the show previously <laughs> 2009 was not devoid of self-awareness in the industry though there was a ton of cool feature music that was just comedy it was like weird al's kids grew up and started putting out records and some of his older friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and we'll talk well, let's just rip the band-aid off right steel panther yeah i didn't give them the time of day when I first saw it, I saw the logo and the pictures. I tuned it right out. Then a guy works at, you know, they pointed out a few song titles and I'm like, so I went back and I, I found a gem. I really did. Mm -hmm. If you love eighties hair metal, these guys are excellent musicians. They, yeah, they are got it down to a T everything, everything about it. They can write a hell of a melodic hook too, but in the lyrics, they, they caught me off guard and I couldn't stop laughing. It's that inappropriate fun in the right crowd <laughs> right that hey steel panther let's go yeah 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 <laughs> and then there's uh new zealand's fourth most popular guitar based digibong go acapella rap funk comedy folk duo light <laughs> of the concords <laughs> yes that was written down that was not memorized <laughs> that's awesome <though. laughs> i love awkward offbeat comedy yeah you know throwaway lines that make you go boy boy what'd you just say uh, and they're good musicians to boot Instead of laughing out loud, I get more of a constant chuckle. And it's cool that this came out of a television show yeah. where there would be some little scenario going on like in a sitcom, but then all of a sudden it would break out in the imagination of the character and they'd sing some song that was totally inappropriate <laughs> about whatever situation they were in. <laughs> yeah, but and th then they'd start singing the conversation. It's like, wait, back and forth to each other sometimes. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, and then you got the older guys that you were kind of referenced there with Spinal Tap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever um, I see the title to Tonight, I'm going to rock you tonight, I laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. single damn time. <laughs> yeah. And we normally disqualify greatest hits or re-release material, but this is Spinal Tap. And we're talking comedy. You know, we probably won't do that very frequently. 
if you were to put normal lyrics to this music, it'd be great, awesome hard rock. It would be, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you don't pay attention to the lyrics, that's what you'll get. Um, but then you'd miss out on some good laughs. And then we had Lonely Island, which was really a main project of Adam Sandberg. He used SNL quite a bit for that. But the song Dick in a Box is <laughs> just absolutely hilarious. I'll, I, at, during the time when that came out, I was still watching Saturday Night Live quite regularly. And I'll never forget watching that episode and almost being on the floor with tears in my eyes <laughs> when these two guys have these boxes in front of them. Justin Timberlake and Adam Sandberg and... Girl, we've been together for such a long, long time. <laughs> such a long time. And I love how Justin Timberlake kind of spoofs himself in it. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, he... he definitely. There's some self-awareness there. Yeah, you know, like I was saying, that you, you kind of know what's going on in the industry. But then this very special gift that they have for you <laughs> is the dick in the box. One, cut a hole in the box. Two, Two <laughs> stick your junk in the box. box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I thought this was just an SNL skit. I had no idea there was an album. No, there's an album stuff. and it's good. And there's other great artists on it. Nora Jones has a song on it. Uh, oh, with them. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'll have to check that out. This has been good to talk about because this right now for the past five, 10 minutes here has been a palate cleanser from your, uh, you still got a line around your forehead from the asshole hat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I got that red mark. Yeah, it feels like we spent so much time talking again it feels like we get in this rut on the show the last few weeks of talking about what we didn't like mm -hmm. and what we did like is just more on our five songs so um let's flip the conversation around or continue this good vibes that we got going on um and i'll i'll start i'll talk about my so-called indie life <laughs> part two or three whatever <laughs> whatever we're going so 2009 I'm really in this major exploration mode. Yep. I was listening to multiple podcasts, going on rabbit holes for bands that I was hearing on those and YouTube and uh, friends that I was getting stuff from. And I came away with some albums I still listen to today. So 2009 wasn't a wasteland. For me. Good. Um, Justin Vernon released uh, a Bon Iver EP, Blood Bank, um, and an album with another group, Volcano Choir that he does you know it's it's similar to bony bear but it's under a different title and on the former there was a song called woods that was later sampled by kanye west uh on his song lost in the woods okay um, and that was the start of their working relationship it hasn't endured but you know we had that from them one of the more interesting things i learned about listening to all of this indie music this week and kind of prepping uh was how much of it i would notice in the background on tv shows or commercials yeah, it gets uh, a lot of airplay. Uh, but subtle. Yeah. Songs that you go, what, wait, what is this? But you kind of forget about it. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'll get more into it in my five. But really indie, it's it's just like every other genre. It's got its highs, its lows. It's rock bands like the 1990s, another Scottish band. Uh, the Maccabees or Spoon. Mm -hmm. It's got its poppier side with Freelance Whales and Phoenix. Softer side with A.A. Bondi and Bon Iver. And odd stuff like... Art Brute that I brought in last week, or Pierre <laughs> yeah. Born and John and Jim Noir. Yeah. Besides Bon Iver, there are others that achieve success like the Avet Brothers. Yep. In 2009, they put out their sixth album, I and Love and You, which was, it was a much more polished album from them, from all their previous efforts, probably thanks to Rick Rubin. But as successful as that album was, it's not a platinum selling album. Mm -hmm. But that's me 
knowing it and loving it and thinking it's successful, but I, I know it was, but it you can't compare it to Taylor Swift's diamond selling album from this year. Yep. I, you, there's no comparison, um, you know, in terms of reach. Um, I automatically fell in love with the Abbott Brothers album. It's It was great from the first time I listened to it, and I had forgotten about it. So thank you for reminding me of it this week, because it is a gem. And 2009 was also, I found some metal in 2009. All right. Uh, Red Fang, their mm-hmm. uh, debut album, Prehistoric Dog. This is a great fucking album. And really, in the midst of the indie that I was listening to and the pop that we've already kind of talked about, this metal was like a breath of fresh air. It was refreshing to hear this. I had their song Cut It Short uh, in my 5 on version 2016, mm-hmm. and I talked about their videos. The video for the song Prehistoric Dog, it's, it's fucking hilarious. And they opened a door to Mastodon for me as well. Yeah, they're a good band. Yeah, they are. And, you know, they don't have the funny side that Red Fang does. Mm-hmm. Not that Red Fang is like a satire band. They take the music seriously. Yeah. But Crack This Guy, that's a great album from Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't I, recommend those two enough. Yeah, I'm going to go away from pop music. And as we said, we're not. Jim's not going to list the charts. So <laughs> I, I was hanging around with a lot of guys in 2009 that like jam band music. And we both know that's not really our scene. We've talked about that. I think when it comes to jam band music and probably why it was around me was I was playing with guys that like play jam band music. So for me, I think it's fun to play, but it's hard to stand by and patiently watch if it's not exceptional. Yeah, but when you're with a group, you can get that group enjoyment out of it. Yeah, so I was still getting a lot of my stuff off the radio, but a few choices from friends and social media started to actually play a bigger hand into what I was listening to as I was connecting. But the music I was listening to during this year is a little bit different. I was listening to a lot of Manchester Orchestra, their album, Everything Means Nothing. They're a great indie band. I had the opportunity to see them in Burlington, Vermont in the July just before I moved. And then a few months later, I saw them in October in Scotland. They're they're one of my favorite bands from around this era. Yeah, and you brought them up before. And it's weird that I didn't didn't find them when I was uh, in this phase of my life. And I'm slowly filtering through their stuff. I really like what I'm hearing from them. I like these guys a lot. And then Cage the Elephant. This is a band that we've brought up before. We've talked about them. Yeah. I don't remember. I think it was the 2008 episode where we talked about the Killers concert that was at the Royal Albert Hall. This kind of happened with me and Muse. There was a concert video of Muse that was around that really caught my attention. I don't know if it was in 2009, but this was a year that Muse had a big album out. They, to me, were like rock opera. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I never thought of them in that light, but they do kind of fit in that mold. Because there is dramatics in their yeah. music and in their performance on stage. Mm-hmm. For three people, you got to fill up space in the music and on a stage. Yeah. I may not like everything they do, just like every other band, but they win me over with their creativity and the way they embrace technology and they blend it with traditional rock instruments. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Another act awesome. that is fantastic that hasn't really fallen off the pedestal over here, still a big band. But the album Lungs came out in 2009, and it became a constant rotation album for me here. Dog Days Are Over, really cool song. You've Got the Love. The funny thing about You Got the Love 
is it's actually a cover of a dance track from 1996 and i didn't know no that really yeah and so this this dance track plays at work and the voice is very 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 much like florence's voice it's almost oh. identical to it <laughs> and i would hear it at work and i would moan to people that oh i hate this version of the song <laughs> you're, you're that guy yeah they didn't have any clue so yeah i thought they were i thought it was a good song ruined and then i found out that actually the opposite of what normally happens is yeah. a rock band took a dance song and turned it into a rock song i'll have to look into that because i would be interested to hear that yeah i mean you talk and you talk about putting someone in front of a band that knows how to lead the way and grab an audience she is incredible She's amazing on stage. Oh, just, top notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you've seen concert footage of her. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And great then energy. A Scottish band, kind of. Snow Patrol, although... Oh, they're Scottish? Actually from Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> well, they went to Dundee University. I do believe they're from Ireland, or at least one or two of them okay. are. In 2009, Chasing Cars came out. It was such a beautiful song. And another song, You Are All That I Have, that song became part of my show when I moved over here to Glasgow. Oh, okay. And it has a very special meaning to a friend of mine. So I couldn't talk about 2009 without bringing them up. Yeah, you're right. That is a beautiful song. And in 2009, I don't know about you, but I could not escape it. No, It seemed no. like it was everywhere, but, yeah. but I didn't mind with this song. And then Them Crooked Vultures, Ooh. an amazing trio of musicians. I put this on today because I... I was thinking about whether or not I was going to have them on my five. I had to go back and listen to them again. And it's so funny how preparing for this show, I'll put an album on and I'll get one or two songs into an album maybe, and I'll get bored or realize, no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I found myself actually forgetting what I was doing and doing something else. And then realizing that I just left that on as great background music because it's a great album. For some reason, I never really put them on. And I don't know why. I knew who was in the band. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow. And me being out of the loop, um, did this album fly under the radar at all? How how like well known was this? Because I wasn't listening to a lot of radio or MTV or whatever music media. Um, and I would think that something attached to John Paul Jones, Dave Grohl would get my attention. Mm -hmm. And I knew about it. I saw it in iTunes. I'm like, how <laughs> oh, should I buy that album? But again, that could be my disconnect. I don't know where how this album was was received. Another album that came out, talk about aging like fine wine, because they haven't always aged like fine wine, <laughs> is Pearl Jam. Backspacer came out. And that was probably the first album of theirs that I'd bought since Yield. The Fixer was a cool, simple rock song on the album. But the song Just Breathe is a timeless classic to me. It's really mm. an incredible song about loss and written for moments in life when you need a song with that type of title. You're right. That this is an incredible song. And it, if you've experienced loss, like most people have, mm -hmm. uh, listen to this song while you're thinking about that loss. It'll hit hard. It'll make you do what you need to do. It'll make you feel it, acknowledge it and express it. Yeah. And then somebody I brought onto the show who probably nobody has ever heard of, but I had the opportunity because it was a case of social media. And hey, Jim, check this guy out from one of my buddies. Kevin Devine, he's an indie artist, and he's a good friend with Manchester Orchestra. He's done some albums with the lead singer of Manchester Orchestra. He's toured with them. I almost prefer him to Manchester Orchestra. His stuff is great. 
Oh, and I want to thank you because I hadn't heard of them before. And I realized the last few versions I've gotten out of that exploration that I would do when we mm -hmm. would do the show and try to bring, you know, something new. So this was great. I really liked this and I hadn't heard it before. So I, you know, I love to explore and find new things. And this was a new thing for me. To I avoided the side eye people. I avoided no side eye. This was really good. I like this a lot. And all right, Matt, I'm going to let this out there because after going through. Oh, wait, of... wait, are you going? Wait, Coldplay doesn't have an 09. No, no, album, no, no, right? no, 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 no. Cold. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if they did. If they did, it wasn't anything that caught my attention. But here we go. Michael Bublé, where's oh. the canned sitcom laughter? <laughs> you get the canned groan. No, I won't <laughs> poke fun at you. You know, I'm not going to let you poke fun at yourself or Michael Bublé because that's my <laughs> job. I'll poke fun at you. <laughs> but seriously, uh, you know, this is where I admire you and others. You can just accept and enjoy something like this. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I should like this because... It's trying to keep alive that vocalist genre of the Sinatras and the Tom Jones and the Tony Bennett's. And it's, you know, I hear a little Harry Connick Jr. Or really, I listened to this today. Want mm -hmm. some kind of compilation of me having like, wait, I hear a lot of little Paul Anka going on here. And you know that I was a theater guy and mm -hmm. into kind of, you know, show tunes and musicals and such. I think that he has that throwback. When people once again say, "Why don't they make music like they used to?" Yeah, listen here's, to Michael play. Yeah, here's a guy making music like they used to, and he comes out in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll leave it there. We've gone through a lot of music, so I hope people enjoy that. And I yeah. feel I feel nice. I feel we deflated the big bubble that started the show. Yeah, I, 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 I feel cleansed. Yeah. I don't know if somebody's burned sage, but I feel, <laughs> I, I feel a relief good good <laughs> so on to the five well let's get on to our five because I, okay i actually have to say matt that this week this is my favorite five that you've brought to the show i really oh, enjoyed oh. listening to your songs oh, thank you yeah so you picked this year 2009 which means you get to go first okay so i went with uh 2009 so i guess i start us off yes sir and my first one will be Kid Cudi, and the name of the song is Pursuit of Happiness. All right. This choice took a left turn. Yeah, this was not on the list. <laughs> no, the week. because because I went through and, 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 I, and I had this whole rant, and then I saw what I had for one of my songs, and I'm like, no, we've talked about this band a hundred times. I wasn't even going to give it an honorable mention because I really love that song, mm -hmm. but then I took to heart of, no opportunity we haven't talked about kid cuddy yeah i may have mentioned it but we haven't talked about kid cuddy enough pursuit of happiness this is a gem of a song if you casually listen to the lyrics in the song you can get the idea that it's promoting or bragging about a shallow party living existence but that's what the pursuit is chasing that high mm -hmm. and using it as an escape for everything wrong in your life but when the dust settles, you know you're fucking up. You know you're doing the wrong thing. This song is a great dose of self-reflection. And it's it's a really cool fucking song. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect from this. 
I expected some auto-tuned rap song that was, you know, in line with some of the other stuff you've <laughs> talked about or brought to the show. It's not Kanye. No, I, but I expected something more in that vein because I know he's had influence on rap as it's moved forward from 2009 up until mm -hmm. now. That 54-hour playlist that I made is going to get bigger this week because this oh, song cool. is going on it. Yeah, and I have my kids to thank for for exposing me to Kid Cudi because I never would have heard this at all. Yeah, great number one. Awesome. So uh, that leads up to you. All right, so the first song, I'm going to keep it nice, short, simple, and sweet. I've already said that I saw the band twice within a six-month window in the States and over here, and it is Manchester Orchestra. And it's the song called I've Got Friends. It's just a cool rock song. What I like about it is it's not your typical verse, chorus, verse song. It has some unique instrumentation going on in it. And it has a, a real kind of pop rock radio feel without feeling like a homogenized pop rock band. Yeah, that makes no, sense. I, I, I get that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I exactly know what you mean. And this is one of those bands that just keeps growing on me the more I hear them. So I'm listening more and more to them. I really like this band that you brought up. Yeah, I'll probably have more to say about a couple of their other songs in future shows, but I definitely had to bring a song off of this album, and this is the song I'm going to bring. That's my number one. So cool. it's time for your number two. My number two is Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros with mm -hmm. Home. Listening and watching them perform these songs, it feels like you're at a revival. Yeah. This guy's dancing around in robe and so many instruments, everybody singing, dancing, smiling, and yes, clapping hands and snapping and stomping. <laughs> <laughs> I struggled with what I wanted to include from this album because I really, really love all of the textures on this album. Uh, but I went with home because I think it represents what I'm trying to describe the best. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the most accessible uh, probably the the one that's least likely to get skipped because when people start hearing that whistle, they'll go, "Oh yeah, I know this song. I know at this least song. I know yeah, it. Yeah. I may not like it, but I at least know it and mm -hmm. like it enough to listen." Yep. The album up from below, it's full of amazing material, and it it feels like it's being performed. It doesn't feel like it's just people sitting in a booth carefully singing and playing notes on instruments. It just feels like they're having a party making this album. It's funny that that's how you describe it, because it was probably about seven or eight years ago, I bought the reboot of Guitar Hero, the live edition. I don't know if you ever saw this, no. but you're you're actually on stage playing in front of a live audience out in front of you. You still have the bars rolling up, but they actually filmed people to be in the crowd. And depending upon the type of band you are, you're in different clubs and places. And when you would play home, this was one of the songs that was on it. <laughs> You were what? On, this yeah, song on yeah, Guitar Hero? Yeah, you were on the stage, you looked over, there she was singing the backup harmonies, everybody singing back and forth, the audience was dancing and having a good time, and it just felt like you were part of something, playing this stupid video game, and seeing the smiles on everybody's faces, and yeah. That, 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 yeah that's what I mean by revival, you feel like you're a part of this communal experience, because there's so many voices and instruments going on mm -hmm. that uh i won't say campfire because it's definitely upbeat it, the best way i can describe it is like a revival it you're is just you're just involved in this experience so that's my two we've gone on long enough for that what's yours all right my second one is going to be a british artist who i really enjoyed 
discovering over here. I didn't really hear from her before I moved to the UK. And that's Lily Allen. And the song is The Fear. Oh, my God. How did you pick such an appropriate song for the ranting I did? <laughs> she, she, she does quite a bit of this tongue-in-cheek stuff in her songs. I I really like her a lot. Yeah, but she knows what she's talking about. The yeah. I, I'm a weapon of mass consumption because that's how I'm programmed to function. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know I'm paraphrasing, but you're exactly right. She's nailed what's going on in the entertainment industry as a whole in this song. I don't dislike the music at all here, but the lyrics are what drive the quality of it. And this is pop music. It is, yep. But it, but it's her brand of pop music. Mm-hmm. There is like a, a really snappy, upbeat tone to her songs. Um, but I really like her because I really like the messages in her songs. Some are funny, like No Fair or Alfie. Yeah. You know, but, but, but I really like what she does. Yeah. I think that we talked about that kind of cheekiness, that, that, yeah. that word, you know, and she has that in her music. So yeah, yeah, Lily Allen, the fear, happy to have it on the playlist and bring it there. Too. All right. What's your number three? All right. My number three, we're going to go with Crash King's Raincoat. This song has a lot of really good memories for me. Mm-hmm. 2009, I would, you know, get in the van and. Yes, minivan people. We, we have those. <laughs> you know, I'd drop Max off at school. I'd bring no one over to kindergarten or his aunt's house to watch while I slept because I was working nights. Yep. Um, and me and the kids, we would sing along to this album. Every morning, I would drop them off. You know, and Raincoat drifts into uh, Ben Fold's territory a little bit. I mean, it's hard not to because it's a three-piece and it's piano, bass, drums. Um, but he does a little bit stuff. If you watch some uh, live clips with with them, you'll see what I mean when he does with the keyboard. He's got the, this whammy bar thing attached okay. to his keyboard where he does some really amazing things. It's got that overdriven bass. These eighth notes are just pounded on the keyboard. <laughs> um, and I love the vocal melody and raincoat chorus. There are some exceptionally high notes that he hits. And just good dynamics. It's got that push and pull and quiet and loud that I really love in music. You've brought some fun songs to the show this week. And I get what you're saying about Ben Folds. I can hear that there. There's also part of it that was like, is this also influenced by sticks and and the production? And there, <laughs> oh yeah, just, I, I can hear that. Yeah, there was something in there that had that throwback feel, but, but what's cool is it doesn't feel like it's ripping anything off. No. It's, it's poppy, it's original, it has a sound of influence. But it really can stand on its own without pointing a finger at it and going, this is exactly like that. It's really good amongst all of the other pop crap that we had started to listen to before (laughs) we did the show this week. Yeah, I'm glad glad you liked it because that's exactly how I viewed it. No, great song. My favorite song on the album, and it's the one I would always go to and just belt out in the car and everything would be okay afterwards. Mm -hmm. Nope, great song. All right, take it away. What you got? My next song is going to be a Scottish Paolo Nutini. He's Scottish. Yeah, pencil oh, full of lead. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's actually Glaswegian. I, I, I've spent some time drinking in a pub in Glasgow he likes to frequent. He is so freaking talented and down to earth. He's just returned and put an album out after taking eight years off to go backpacking. Uh, <laughs> this, I love this guy already. Yeah. The first time I heard this song, it was unreal how much I thought it sounded like modern big band. 
When it comes on the playlist, I'll never skip it. Oh, I don't blame you at all. This is great. And I think you've talked about him before, and I remember listening to him. And when he came on again this week, as I'm checking the song, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the guy that always sounds like Louis Prima. Yeah, but isn't that something not, else? But not Louis Prima. Yeah. And you're right. It's And you would think that a band that's trying to get this big band sound would come off as sounding kind of overproduced and cheesy and like really kind of thin sounding instruments. No, no this, this guy, he's got the stuff. This he, is great. I authentic. Love he is authentic. Very authentic. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. My number three, it's time for your number four. What do you got? My, my number four will be uh local natives mm-hmm. with who knows who cares. One of the things I really liked about this album, Gorilla Manor, and you'll, you'll notice that in, all of these songs, minus the Kid Cudi, because I don't know all of them on, on that album. The, I'm an album guy, and yeah. I'm going to choose something from an album that I love. And Gorilla Manor, this is a re, this was a really big album for me. Um, and one of the big things I loved was the atypical drumming on it. Yeah, it, they don't just treat it as a timekeeping device. There's a lot of rim shots and it's hitting the sides of drums for a different, mm-hmm. a different tone, a different sound. It adds depth and character to the songs, um, and it's loaded with top-notch harmonies. In a world, you know, as the preview guy would say, <laughs> in a world of auto tune, I'm very appreciative of singing like this or bands like Fleet Foxes, and w- when we release this version, I'll put a clip on for this live version they did who knows who cares i have to say the title again to hopefully people go and check the song out yeah they should um, it's, it's different than the album version it's stripped down but the singing is there and it's so awesome they chose a great location to do it i don't know it's like some kind of shopping center or something but the acoustics of the brick yeah they sounds great it just adds it's a natural echo yeah, it's fantastic. And it makes it so beautiful. I, I got to say, Matt, thank you very much for you know linking the video to the notes originally. I went and watched it. I enjoyed it. I love this song. Of everything that you've brought to the show that was unknown to me, this is my favorite. I know I give you a lot of crap for bringing unknown music to the show. <laughs> That's but my job. But it's really special to hear something like this. And yeah. Post this. I really hope the audience goes and listens to it. Yeah. That, well, thank you. Thank you. Be, that Your opinion does mean a lot to me, and not just because we're agreeing on this song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're up to your number four. I just said that I was really moved by the Local Native song. I think you've inspired me to rethink how I'm going to approach my five in the future. For some reason, and we know I'm a pop guy, I keep missing the songs I listen to in a more intimate setting. And I'm, instead I'm always listing songs that I'm cruising down the road to on the pop radio. So I'm gonna have to be honest here and make an effort and pick the more intimate stuff and open up a bit more about myself to the audience. And I'm gonna have to go with the song, Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> you didn't want Candle after for this? <laughs> Look, I'm not a massive Miley Cyrus fan, but this song, to me, is one of the best pop songs of the past 20 years. It harkens me back to my love of pop. I know, yeah, she's a Disney kid, but it's the production, it's the the overall feel of it. It has this sense of 
whatever she's singing in the lyrics of the song, you can kind of feel it and what's going on. Yeah, and you know, go, going back to my rant, my rant isn't about you can never have songs like this in your life, right? But you just got to have variety. And, you know, everybody needs a song like this in their life. So you forgive me? I Hell I do, yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. But I also know this kind of music isn't uh, what you listen to exclusively. Yeah. Right? And she does do a kick-ass version of Jolene. Oh, absolutely. All right, so we are on your last song, number five, Matt. What are you going to? Well, it's actually kind of fitting that this is my last song because it's Dawes, When My Time Comes. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, this is some good old American roots rock. Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit of maybe Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Eagles, that Northern California or Southern California kind of harmonies and acoustic guitars. But I find a lot of meaning in the lyrics that they have on this album. Uh, the album is North Hills. Check it out. It's really great. Um, one gem kind of really sums me up. You can judge the whole world on the sparkle that you think it lacks. That's great. That kind of fits my point of view on things in general, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm always looking for some kind of sparkly thing to give me hope. No, that's great. That's great. You, you, you know, or there's another one that I understand as my outlook on things. Okay. And it's anyone that's making anything new only breaks something else <laughs> <laughs> right so i get a lot of self-reflection from everything on this album yeah yeah this this was new to me another song i'd never heard before and it is such a good laid back easy to listen to song i think if you if you listen to them it really harkens back to music the way it was when we were growing up mm -hmm. and maybe that's why i connect with it yeah yeah Yep, I, I don't blame you for connecting to it. And I'm looking forward to checking out more of the album. So yeah, Dawes, when my time comes, that's my five. So Jim, oh, we have to end. Ah, yes, oh, my, my number five. Well, what am I going to top Miley Cyrus with? <laughs> but I am going to go with the Abbott Brothers and the song Kick Drum Heart. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this <laughs> and totally redeem yourself. Yeah. <laughs> thank you i was trying to fit something from this album in it's a great song i know i know there's going to be at least one i'm going to be adding off this album but i felt again this song for me it had some success so i'm like yeah i need to bring it back because of dogs and all the other things <laughs> no that's great that's great it, it's it's just a fun and simple song. It doesn't require any complex musical taste to enjoy it. No. But it's that kind of indie pop song that's for kids of all ages. Oh, yeah. And you know what? If you, Especially if you listen to their earlier stuff, they don't care if they hit a bad note once in a while. Mm -hmm. You know, not that they do in this song. They hit everything spot on. But this music just comes off as human. It does. Real instruments, real voices, just... These brothers, they really know how to make music. Yeah, no, it's great. So so that's the five, and I think we've got ten great songs. Well, at least nine for you <laughs> on this show this week. But I, I think it fits the 2009 playlist perfectly, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the audience reaction is to songs they have never heard before. I, I hope that maybe once they listen to the show, they'll drop a comment in, in the voting. So 
Yeah. yeah I hope so. Yeah. So, so that ends up 2009. That we are finally does. Done. Yeah. So the next year is going to be chosen by you. Me. I chose 2009. All right. So you're the choice. Yep. Or the choice is yours. <laughs> the choice is yours. In a world <laughs> where the choice is yours, Jim Bowen. Well, tell you what, I'm going to bring us back to a time where it might be a little more interesting, but still not in one of those classic years just yet. It could be a, what do I want to call it? A, a holdover year. We're going to go to 1997. That should be an interesting year because I think I know what's going on in that time. Right. Yeah, because we've already hit on ninety nine as being the birth of these Disney princesses. Uh huh. But they're not there in ninety seven yet. Exactly, and we're kind of after or well after the, that whole grunge explosion. So I think I know where we'll be settling in. Yeah, this will be cool. This will be cool. good. Let's make sure we thank Len Kenyon for the intro song at the beginning and the outro song at the end. We forgot to do that on the previous shows. If you heard that new music, I think we put it up on the Facebook page, but we never brought it up. So thank you, Len, for playing that music. And thanks to Tim Armstrong, who was actually the person who wrote the music. So, Oh, great. Yeah, thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. It's great stuff. I love it. Yeah. Going into 1997. Here we go. We shall see you next week for that version. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in and all of the participation in the polls. We really appreciate it. But, uh, you know, leave a comment if there's something you want us to maybe address or a song that we forgot, add it to the poll. Or if you love pop and music and you think we're assholes. <laughs> or just that I'm an asshole. <laughs> hey, I'm used to it. I'll take the slings and the arrows. <laughs> bring, bring it on. But before you before you do, listen to local names. Figure out where I'm coming from. Yeah, I agree. No, that pop is just not <laughs> So... We will say goodbye from the Jam Yearbook. Goodbye from the Jam Yearbook. We will see you next week. Peace, love, and podcast. Doo -doo -doo.